Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 231, rather. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. How'd last week go? How, how, how'd, how'd that week go with, with Ben of the past, to whispering into your ear about Hollow Fragment yet again? I did not realize I had talked about Hollow Fragment on the podcast the week before as well. So, whoops, double Hollow Fragment podcast for you, back to back. I guess that game needs the attention. I don't know. I, I thought that I would talked about it elsewhere. I don't know where I was thinking I talked about it, but yeah, apparently it was on the podcast. So there you go. This week's going to be mostly um, pretty mainstream Nintendo stuff for the most part, um, mainly uh, because I got a chance to play some Nintendo Switch Online. There's also some, uh, you know, kind of the usual uh, kind of Mario games that I that I got to spend some time with kind of unintentionally. I was not really intending for this to be like a giant parade of of you know big Nintendo first party stuff over this trip that I went on, but I did that. So I was down in Florida visiting my nephew. Um, he's pretty into video games, so we did play a lot of video games. Uh, one being Mario Party Superstars, which seems pretty pretty all right. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. If you don't know, Mario Party Superstars is the uh, not really remake of the old Mario Party games, but it's like a compilation of Mario Party um, maps for the six or sixty four uh board maps from those those Mario Party games on the 64 and then like a combo of mini games from a variety of games even up to some of the GameCube and I think even the Wii one as well so so it's a pretty broad range of stuff so it's kind of like in, in some ways it's kind of like a best of Mario collection similar to that 3DS game but I, I don't know if that 3DS game had like a board board game element to it or not I never played that 3DS one I think it's like a hundred best Mario Party or something like that is what it was called but anyway, so we played a bit of that, you know, nice looking game, uh, but it is very much Mario Party. Uh, definitely changed some aspects of the game as well, but I had fun with it and, you know, it's it's, it's a good time. And, and apparently like the, the multiplayer in those games are like pretty solid these days. I mean, I have not played it online myself, but but it seems like from from the conversations I've been seeing is that the online element of it is 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 pretty good at this point. So uh, that's not something you can always say about Nintendo games, so. I don't think I really have anything else to say about it, though. That's that's kind of that's kind of it. Um, you know, kind of in this the similar maybe uh, indifference uh, feeling I have when talking about these kind of these types of games. Typically, um, I, I decided to play through Mario Kart Eight or Mario Kart Seven while I was on the uh, the plane. Um, so I sat down and played through that. It's a weird game because it doesn't really. Um, when we talk about the core elements of what Mario Kart Seven is, it is very much. Um, kind of what Mario Kart 8 became in a lot of ways. Like, that game feels very much like a portable, portable version of Mario Kart 8, although obviously 7 came first, right? Um, and, and I was kind of surprised just, like, how... Maybe I wasn't surprised, but... Maybe... I think the part I was surprised about was how similar I felt about Mario Kart 7 to Mario Kart 8, because even though I was not expecting a lot, if you don't know, I'm not a huge Mario Kart fan anymore. I've kind of fell off this franchise after the Wii release, um, which in hindsight, I think I appreciate the Wii game a lot more than I used to. Um, but but I, I kind of am in this feeling of just like Mario Kart is like one of my least favorite 
Nintendo Racing series, and that's the one that kind of came out on top, right? Um, I think I saw that they're like the the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on on Switch sold like four million copies or something like that within the last like four or five months. So that game is still selling. Uh, it's kind of crazy, but anyway. So I I just kind of played it. And I just kind of was like, yep. This Mario Kart, which is not that that is that is the impression or the the feeling I had out of Mario Kart Eight specifically. Um, I did ask online on Twitter a couple of people just to kind of get a feeling for how other people feel about it. I do know that Mario Kart Seven, the, there was a complaint that it felt too much like a a safe game, and I think the core game itself does feel very safe. Um, but I saw a couple people mention the um, the three um, D cockpit kind of aspect of the game, so you can basically play the game in like a in a cockpit mode, so you're like behind the wheel kind of thing, which I actually like that. I actually prefer that in racing games, to be honest with you. But the weird thing is that it is mapped to gyro controls, so you know you have that three D element that you have turned on but you have to like tilt the system essentially to to control the game that way so it's just kind of bizarre because you know admittedly with the new 3ds it kind of tracks your eyes but even with the new 3ds you know i i I ran into issues where like i just the screen would kind of like shine in ways that did not feel great to to my eyes already um and and because i'm assuming it's just like trying to keep up with 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 you know angling the the 3d effect for your eyes kind of thing and it's just not always going to keep up entirely as you're like sitting there rotating the 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 3ds itself so it was a cool effect but i just don't think i'd want to play that game long term that way i played uh through like a grand prix or two uh using that method i was like "Ah, Um, also i was on a plane so i did not want to really do that on the plane much so that's something i actually tried kind of after the fact um and then somebody also mentioned that the um street pass mode let you like exchange ghost data which i'm always i've always been a big fan of street pass and everything that was i'm kind of surprised street pass has not really um come back in any way but at the same time the uh or at least the original Nintendo Switch is not really a portable device, right? Uh, maybe Nintendo Switch Lite, be, it makes a bit more sense. But I, I do miss that functionality where you can just kind of walk with your 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 game console around and, and you know, you pick up stuff. The puzzle piece part of the 3DS um, uh, Street Pass was one of my favorite things. So anyways, that, that was um, that was all right. But it definitely feels like a game that was, was put out mainly just because they needed a Mario Kart game on 3DS, not because there was any particular interesting idea or anything like that admittedly it has like the water underwater elements and also the uh the flying part and those gimmicks i just mentioned earlier so there are things in there i will say but it just feels like none of them really amounted to anything at least anything that i could try the the street pass mode i obviously can't say too much about i'm not much of a time trial person when it comes to racing games though to be honest even with kanagawa jet girls um i i got to the point that i was almost uh platinum that game actually uh, but I did not do it because I was just like, I don't want to do the tri- the time trial mode for this. <laughs> and it wasn't like it wasn't like anything hard. I think it literally was just like, hey, get a score on the ranking board in the time trial mode. And like if Kondigo Jet Girls is very, very easy to do um, pretty much anything in terms of beating AI and beating times in the in terms of what was set for the single player mode. So I, I, I it would probably take you like 20 minutes. And I'm just like, eh, eh. Eh, can't be bothered so so yeah but mario kart 7 you know i don't personally love it it's a solid game though i will say if you're looking for more mario kart that is definitely a way to get some more mario kart i was kind of just uh surprised how close it felt to mario kart 8 though um i am still kind of hoping nintendo does something different with racing games in the future whether that be within mario kart or in another franchise but you know those games sell really 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 well so why mess with the formula, right? People still are loving them and still still keep enjoying them. So so yeah. Um, 
So one thing I did when I was visiting my nephew is that he actually had um, Nintendo Switch Online uh, expansion pass. So he has those Nintendo 64 games and Genesis games that got added on there. Um, I was not expecting him to because um, his dad is very heavily into the emulation scene. So I figured he'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to emulate Ocarina of Time on the PC, even though, you know, obviously Nintendo 64 emulation is kind of wonky on PC or whatever. Uh, but I didn't think about the fact that, like, they only have one PC. So, like, if he uses it to play 64 games, then it's, he's occupying it. So <laughs> so it's like in the way of of, of him, of the, the dad using the uh, the PC itself. But anyways, um, but that being said, like, uh, so I. I sat down and played quite a few games on there. Mario Kart 64 was was one of them. Um, I think this also kind of was a weird thing where I'm I am not somebody who I think values nostalgia very much. So I, whenever I play a game like Mario Kart 64, which is very much a childhood game of mine, so so like keep that in mind when when I talk about this. Um, but that is a game I don't. Um, I don't really value it that much. Like it, it, it's just, uh, I think my feelings on Mario Kart as a whole has just dampered. There's, there's very little I will get excited about in Mario Kart outside of the red shell uh, acting as a mine and super circuit. Cause that's rad. Um, but, but Mario Kart 64, I was like not really expecting to sit down and like really enjoy it. But when I started playing it, I was like, man, this feels like it feels a lot more chaotic in a way that I enjoyed that I don't feel like current Mario Kart games feel like, you know, obviously you're still getting hit by stuff as you're racing around and things like that. Um, but the, the elements that really jumped out at me was just kind of the unpredictable nature of shells, which I could be see, see as a, as a bad thing, right? Uh, I was playing, it was like Choco Mountain or whatever it's called. And like somebody shot red shells and they just like, went like flying over the mountaintops. And then like, I'm off racing somewhere else. And then all of a sudden this like barrage of red shells come raining down on top of me. And I'm like, what the heck, man? Um, so there's just like weird stuff like that. Like I didn't really expect certain parts of how items reacted and, and there's just kind of like some weird jankiness to that game in general that I think kind of adds um, some flavor to it because it does feel um, in some ways a little like kind of unforgiving. The game is not like afraid to punish you. Speaking of Choco Mountain again or whatever, Choco Mountain or whatever, like there's that whole part of the track that you can like loop around and there's a cliff at the end. And when you fall down the cliff, you know, it's not like they like have the Lakitu come down and be like, oh pick you up and put you back up top um if you fall down and you land on the road you were just on the second or the, the first part of the track again so you have to like race all the way around um i think that stuff is probably very uh, aggressive when it comes to you know if you were just playing with somebody casually um but you know I, I, there's something about that that kind of stood out to me is like this is probably the most like <laughs> maybe like the most distinct experience i've had with mario kart in a long time that didn't just feel like a fog of just like yes this is a fine racing game kind of thing um the other thing i also noticed like the 50 cc in that game is very not very fast but it feels substantial like i was really worried about getting into 50 cc um because i i had just got done having to play all the or playing 50 cc in mario kart 7 i was like oh my god this is so slow and then, um, you know, maybe again, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe maybe it's I'm wrong about this. Or maybe it's just how the game presents the speed itself. But like, it feels like it moves a lot faster. And and so like the, the distance between what 50cc is and 150cc is feels pretty drastic. Uh, or, or feels actually not that drastic, actually. Um, it, like the speed wise, they feel actually pretty similar. So the big thing that like about 150c that stand 50cc that stands out is just the fact that like you you spin out all the time um because like if you move left and right left and right 
um, like multiple times over and over again, like you're kind of adjusting, uh, your character will eventually kind of like start slipping around and hit the brakes and like, they'll basically stop you from spinning out. But it's just something to think about when you're like sitting there trying to like, you know, finick your way through the environment. Um, and I also really like that the, 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 uh, drift in that game is really not hard to pull off, but it's very, um, kind of awkward to use in a way and i think that really discourages you from drifting around every single corner all the time there's just like turns you don't want to drift on and and i feel like nearly every time you turn in mario kart games now you want to drift there's like almost no exceptions of when you want to be drifting while turning and it makes it feel like there's there's actual use case for using like the standard steering to me versus you know having to drift because i feel like i almost never do like standard steering in in current mario karts outside of just maybe like you know adjusting myself slightly to dodge an obstacle or like to grab an item box but like on actual turns drift 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 because you want to get that boost um and i feel like mario kart 64 that's definitely true and, I, and when i was a kid i had no idea about the drifting part to be honest with you i was just like why are a bunch of e's flying out of the back of the car when i hold the r button it's like i had no idea what was happening um but like nowadays like even being able to do the drift pretty consistently and get the boost um, I, I like that it is not something that is, it, it feels like an exception for the turns. Like, oh, I want to optimize this turn rather than, you know, um, something that is the rule for every single turn that you have to do. That was one like thing that I always found like kind of, like, obviously with Mario Kart games, you want it to be as accessible as possible, right? To reach out to as many people as possible. And the drifting mechanic to me was something that was always just like a really hard thing to play with other people and get them to understand um to me so so mario kart 64 always felt like it made more sense because the drifting element was just not nearly as um uh important um so so it felt like people could just like more normally navigate the environment but in saying that like i said there are very um um kind of aggressive things in the track design as well as in 150 cc everyone spinning out and bombs being everywhere on the track and things like that like there 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 are definitely things that are not friendly about that game in a lot of ways so I don't know. I just I just found that I had a funner time with Mario Kart 64 and it's one of those things that I always like think really hard about when when I'm in that situation, right? Where I'm playing an old game from my childhood and I'm like is am I liking this more because it's nostalgic because it's familiar? Um, but when I just think about like the, the elements of, of Mario Kart and like what, what I feel when I'm playing a Mario Kart 7 game, it's just like Mario Kart 7 or Mario Kart 8, it's just like this feeling of just like I expect everything this game is going to throw at me all the time. Um, and that includes, you know, going from first to last place after getting like hit by a bunch of shells and stuff. Right. Um, it's not really like an experience that jumps out of me as like a very exciting part. Um, I will say, though, online play in general for Mario Kart, I think definitely improves the experience overall as well as local multiplayer. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Mario Kart has become one of my least favorite franchises, I think, over time, which is unfortunate. Um, because it is a good game, it's just, I think that it's, you know, it, it's kind of interesting that, like, Mario Kart Wii is probably what broke me the most when it came to, like, caring about, um, kind of the traditional games that came out. Um, Mario Kart Wii probably almost directly led into things like me buying Blue Stinger and ending up on the weird path I am on, maybe, maybe that whole timeline's messed up in my head, but I just remember playing Mario Kart Wii at the time being like, you know this is very much mario kart and you know mario kart we in in recent years in hindsight is definitely one of the more distinct entries i will say um for sure but but yeah i think that was kind of when i started 
souring on that franchise. And I think I've soured on it for different reasons now, potentially as well. So anyways, if you're a big Mario Kart fan, sorry, I'm not trying to rustle your, rustle your hair and be like, ah, get, get this game out of your life. I'm just saying I don't like it that much, but I'll probably keep playing them because I feel obligated to question mark. I don't know. I always have this thing with like these long running series where like I play them all the time and it's like, well, the last two or three entries I have not enjoyed. So do I keep buying them and seeing like if, if one of them finally redeems it or when do I cash out and say, I'm done, I'm out. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I feel that way maybe is something that's coming up with the Zelda series for me, depending on how, you know, either both how Breath of the Wild 2 does and also what's next after Breath of the Wild 2. Um, I could see Zelda, you know, kind of losing my interest. Uh, Nier is another thing. Like with Nier Automata, I did not like Nier Automata at all. Automata, whatever you call it. So anyways, we'll see. Um, but it's it, thankfully with those games, they're like it's such like so long in the tooth of like, like Nier Automata was like, what, five years ago or something at this point, right? Or six, maybe even more. Uh, I think it's a 2015 game, right? Um, anyways. Um, so it's just so long ago that like, like, you know, I don't have to sit there and stress about it all the time versus and Mario Kart actually doesn't come out super often either. So it's not that like, challenging for me to jump in and like, you know, give it a shot where I feel like Resident Evil moves a bit faster. And so I've been kind of hesitant to jump back into Resident Evil, despite me kind of mending my um, experience with Resident Evil 7. I kind of at first when I played Resident Evil 7, I was like, I might be done with Resident Evil because that first act of the game is just, I, I do not like that first act of the game. Uh, but everything after that, I think it was anywhere between great to fine. Um, so I think I, I will play Resident Evil 8 someday. I just don't know when. I also don't know what, like, I haven't seen anything about Resident Evil 8 that really makes me like be like, oh yeah, I definitely need to play this video game. Um, but I do like the, the lighter tone of it for sure. And I like those kind of like more cartoony villains and things like that. So maybe someday, maybe someday. Oh yeah, by the way, we're talking about Nintendo Switch Online. Um, so, so Mario Kart aside, let's, let's throw that out the window. It plays fine, by the way, on Nintendo Switch Online. Mario Kart, as far as I can tell, played great. I know there's like the whole issue with like the, um, you can't save ghost data because there's no uh, memory pack support. So rest in peace that, but yeah. Um, I played through Sin and Punishment or not played through. I got about, um, maybe about half. Not, not halfway, maybe like a third of the way. You know when you fight the little cat thing, if, if you've ever played it before? It's, it's, I was pretty much right after that where I fought the cat thing. It's right before you fight, is this thing Kachuo? Um, and then like you, you like knock him out the window and then you get on the platform and fly off and the game gets like really hard from there. Um, I don't know if I accidentally played on easy, but I had a, a, a easy time getting through it. Did not realize that was a two-player game. My nephew was like, hey, that's a two-player game. I was like, I don't think that's true. Um, so interesting. I was not aware that was a thing you could do. I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never seen what a two player cinema punishment looks like. Maybe someday. Um, I, I imagine maybe just the cursors on screen. And so you can just sit there and like shoot or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, we played Mario Tennis. Um, Mario Tennis seems fun and fine. I don't really like the reach of the characters of Mario Tennis in the 64 one. They all feel like way too stubby. So I feel like it's like really hard to judge the distance between you and the ball and when to hit the ball. Um, but still, you know, fun playing game. Played well as well. Like just, it felt pretty good to play. Um, Sin and Punishment felt a little weird on the Switch controller. I don't know why. I was using the Pro controller. Um, but like, it, it seemed like it was maybe just, I need to get used to the controls. I ended up using the D-pad for movement. And then I think the um right stick for aiming i think is what i ended up doing for that so um it, it worked fine enough um and then i also played a little bit of win back which <laughs> i i liked um, i 
my nephew was like, hey, let's play some win back. And I was like, I played win back when I was a kid. And I was like, are you are we sure we want to play win back? Because I remember that game, you know, as a kid, I had a blast with it. I will say that. But I know what that game controls like. Like, even though I haven't looked at any gameplay recently, I know how that game controls. And I'm like, I don't think anyone would care about playing this game these days. Um, he definitely had a lot of trouble with the controls. And then he wrapped my dad in. And my dad was just like, no way. <laughs> I'm going to be able to play this game. Um, so, yeah, I would really like to go back and play Winback. I'm still wanting to play the PS2 version of it. So maybe someday I'll get a copy of that. I do not have a copy. Maybe I'll keep an eye out for it. I, I, I haven't really been looking at PS2 games lately in terms of um, uh, domestic games. So at the local game stores that much. Um, mainly been looking at imports when it comes to PS1 and PS2. So, But uh, but yeah, maybe I'll check in for Winback whenever I go to another game store at some point. Uh, and then I did sit down and play Ocarina of Time. Um, which if you have not heard, Ocarina of Time on Nintendo Switch Online is an adventure of um it kind of feels pretty bad um so i talked about this a little bit on twitter actually right before i left and so if you don't know there's a lot of input lag on ocarina of time or or what is essentially input lag there's actually some weird stuff about like hey the game might be actually running under the surface at like a faster speed but how it renders it out it renders it out slowly kind of thing um because like how rumble in the game responds like it rumbles before something actually happens on screen which is kind of weird um but anyway so that game uh has a pretty chunky bit of delay when you press a button so if you press a button you have to wait and then it like it reads that input um this is actually something that was a problem on the wii u virtual console as well i know for at least ocarina of time i don't know about other games on wii u for 64 games i never played any of the 64 um, Ocarina of Time, uh, or Wii U, uh, uh, emulators or anything like that. So never knew how those felt. I know they dimmed all the games and things like that too, but anyways, um, so yeah. And I kind of still think I stand by what I said on Twitter about the input delay of just like, I think it's something that like when I was watching my nephew play, he did not seem to mind. Um, he was just like excited to play that game and just have a good time with it. And he seemed okay with it he's played ocarina of time before i believe on the wii u though so again input delay there uh maybe on emulator i he's never played it on a on a on a uh you know console that it actually runs well unless he played it on dolphin but i kind of doubt he did um anyways so you know i actually i didn't know think about the fact that like ocarina of time on dolphin like does that run well because i know playing ocarina of time on like pc emulator is kind of a weird thing already anyways uh that all aside um so um, yeah, I sat down and played it, and I will say um, it played a lot worse than I kind of expected it to. It was very, I don't know how to explain it other than, like, it feels like you're kind of wading in water. Like, you know that the beginning of Ocarina of Time is, like, this really small bridge you can walk across, and, like, you get a red rupee, or a blue rupee at the end, because you have to collect money to get, like, a shield, right? Um, and so I was just trying to get across that bridge. I was having so much trouble. Like, I had to eventually z target to get across the bridge so i could lock my camera and without the notches on the controller I actually would kind of end up where i press forward or something and i'd end up kind of like going off to the to the sides that's a very much me thing in general actually i kind of have issues without notches of getting like a like a true up on an analog stick um you know so that might be a me a me specific issue but um you know i like those notches so playing without notches also kind of cause problems with that so um, it's just, it feels bad to play. Um, and I came home and, and popped in, uh, Ocarina of Time for the 64. Um, and 
that felt way better to play. So it, it is disappointing. And unfortunately, given how the Wii U virtual console was and, and, and um, you know, that not being great, I, I don't think Nintendo's going to bother fixing it. Um, I will say this got a lot more negative attention than the Wii U one. You know, Nintendo or the, the Nintendo Switch is way more popular. You know, the, there's a portable aspect as well. And um, and so it's got a lot more eyes. So, you know, hopefully Nintendo takes that feedback back, even if it's like, you know, they don't even say anything about it. They do like the uh, PS4 C-bomb thing where they just like quietly patch it out and like, eh, don't we're not going to say anything, but you guys will figure out eventually that your games are are your disc based games are fine now. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's disappointing for sure. Um, there's also some, a lot of like graphical issues with it as well. It's nothing like huge that you probably would like notice, um, as a casual, really, at least nothing that's big, a huge deal. The big one that everyone was kind of freaking out about was like the, the water temple, uh, dark link fight. Um, the, the aesthetic of that room is completely off cause the fog is just basically almost completely gone. Um, and then also the water texture on the floor does not look the same. I'm not quite sure what the problem is. It looks like maybe there's a layer of it missing and there's like an underlying layer that's like a darker layer that shows. Um, I could be wrong about that, but that is just like what it looks like to me. It's just like this weird blue sand looking uh, thing. And it is only one room in the game. And it's a room that you just fight one guy in, right? One mid-boss in. So, like, from a, from a gameplay experience, it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, but I will say, you know, that is that is pretty much an iconic scene from that game, right? And and I think the tone and, 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 and the foggy nature and the reflective nature. And just, like, how they even present Darkling to you with, like, turning around. Like, they, they really put a lot of effort into that scene specifically, I feel like. And to see it just basically be given, like, probably the, the worst treatment in the emulator of just, like, eh, it works. <laughs> like, I think it's a little disappointing. But, you know, I, I think I still stand by the fact, though, that, like, when I, like, see my nephew playing it and he is just, like, doing his thing, playing it. And, like, there will be people who play this and, and, and not think anything of it. Um, so, like, like I don't want to bash on it too much. Um but you know, for for people like us in this space, um, and and I and and you know, if you're if you're in the space of like upscaling games and stuff like that, and trying to keep the low latency lowest latency as possible, and making sure your controllers don't have a ton of delay, um, it is it is definitely something that's that's pretty important. So. I don't think it's the end of the world, and thankfully there are ways to play Ocarina of Time, uh, but they are getting harder and harder, you know, in terms of, you know, having a Nintendo 64 that works, um, you know, having a, a Wii that's hacked or, or you have Ocarina of Time downloaded on there already, or uh, having the GameCube version, which I have not looked, but I imagine they're probably somewhat expensive um, because any version after that seems to be disappointing so far. Uh, the 3DS one people liked quite a bit, but, you know, that's kind of a different thing in some ways. Same game, but like uh, uh, it was revamped a bit. So um, one thing I actually did. So one of the reasons why I actually popped in Ocarina of Time into my 64 is um, in looking at this Nintendo Switch Online stuff, it reminded me that I wanted to look into um, more or getting uh, uh, new analog sticks for my um, for certain ones of my Nintendo 64 controllers. So I have some Nintendo 64 controllers with the analog sticks that are, you know, not holding up so much anymore, unfortunately. Um, and so what I tried to do, I think last year was I tried to order a replacement stick and I ordered one that was like a standard optical stick kind of thing. So it looks just like the Nintendo 64 controller in terms of like the actual design of it. Um, but instead what I got was one of the GameCube style sticks. So if you don't know, they have basically, there are the third party, um, 
like GameCube style sticks where it has like the ball kind of thing. It's not a really a ball. It's like a top shell of a ball kind of thing uh, that kind of moves around. Um, and and uh, I, it feels good in terms of like the actual feeling of, of using it. But the um, the how it tracks is bad because the sensitivity is very poor and it almost feels like using a digital input on a 64 controller which if you don't know you know being an early 64 or being a, a, a early 3d system and you know really focusing on the analog stick as the gimmick of the system a lot of these games have a immense level of you know sensitivity that they they have with their analog stick so it's not just a you, you tilt up on the controller and your character walks at one speed and then you tilt further and your character starts to run. Um, there are, are like, you can just go from like zero to 1% to 2%, 3% and your character will just like slowly start shifting more and more. And it looks kind of unnatural, which I assume is why nobody really does it these days. Um, but it is something you can do. And, and, and so that can be helpful in certain like things in like Mario 64, if you're trying to like kind of tiptoe around or something like that. Right. Um, and so those GameCube sticks, style sticks that go in the 64 controller are just awful for any game that, you know, at least awful making the games feel like they, they should. Whether the, any game requires you to have that level of input, that's a whole other thing. Um, so the old school sticks that I got, they're literally called old school, like O-L-D-S-K-O-O-L. Uh, I think it's called the sharpshooter ones that are shaped like the original uh, analog sticks. Um, I got one of those in um, and the review said online that they kind of squeak a little bit, but you can also like lube them up if you wanted to. Mine does squeak, but I'm probably not going to bother like lubing it up at all unless like, you know, the squeak comes through on stream or something like that. But um, it's it's pretty good, I think. It's it's not entirely accurate to like a, a original Nintendo 64 analog stick. Um, I definitely noticed when I was testing out different controllers that the original 64 stick is definitely more sensitive in terms of like, you know, if you tilt up even just like a single little bit, um, like the, the character on screen will start moving. The old school takes a little while longer to get there, but it is still like barely any pressure you have to put on it. So it is, um, it, it, it feels different for a sense from a sensitivity level, but it feels like a 64 controller. Um, and it feels like something that once you're actually playing a game, you, you probably won't notice it unless you're like doing speed runs or something like that. Now the lifespan on those sticks, I have no idea how, how they are. Will they die sooner over time? You know, the original 64 analog sticks aren't even great for that. Right. Um, so I can't really like super vouch for it. I have not sat down and played a game entirely with it. I just kind of messed around with the uh, Ocarina of Time specifically. And I feel like there's maybe one other thing I, I poked around with too, but Ocarina of Time specifically, I, I messed around with, um, actually I played some Mario Kart 64 as well, because I was kind of, I, I kind of wanted to see if my memory of how that game felt was the same. And, and it was, um, anyways, but, um, so, so it, 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 I think it's a good replacement. So if you are looking for a 64 stick, uh, to replace on your, your controller and you don't need it to be like, you know, exactly tuned to the way an original Nintendo 64 stick is, but still want it to be pretty decent. Um, at least so far I can kind of vouch for the old school replacement stick. Um, it's like 20 bucks, I think online. So it is a little, uh, expensive, but you know, getting an original 64 analog stick is not exactly a cheap proposition these days. I think most people are gutting other 64 controllers for those sticks and that's kind of it. There's also the steel ball series. I don't know if that is, um, something that is regularly in stock. I think they're also kind of pricey. I haven't looked at the price recently, but I remember looking at it once and being like, whoa, this makes sense if I was like speedrunning the game, assuming it's legal for speedrunning. I don't, I don't know. So yeah, 
Uh, that is stuff I did on the 64. Bunch of 64 talk. Um, I did actually start playing um, Active Life Outdoor Challenge. So if you don't know, I previously played Act- Active Life Explorer, which is actually, I think, the third Active Life game. Um, so Active Life Explorer uh, was more of a like uh, story, not even a story oriented, but it was more of a structured game in a lot of ways uh, versus um, Outdoor Challenge, which seems to be more of like a extra game and, and, and like having different exercise um, plans and things like that. It's like, oh, this this plan takes about five minutes. This plan takes about six minutes, so forth and so forth, right? Um, so so outdoor challenge uh, is, is definitely more limited in terms of, of progression um, and, and stuff like that. Um, and I did technically beat the game. I got the credits, but it, it doesn't really mean all that much. There's a lot more to that game that they want you to mess around with. Um, you know, considering I can kind of mark it B at this point, I don't know how much longer I'll spend with it because I do have two more active life games. And then also there's still the possibility I'll look at the Switch version of Out- Outdoor Challenge at some point. But one thing I was surprised by in playing Outdoor Challenge, I guess I should specify if you have not listened before, Active Life series is one of the, um, it's part of the Family Trainer series. So if you remember on the, the NES, there's the Power Pad games where you have the pad on the floor. And uh, those games were, were in Japan as well under the family name, I think. Um, and... And so this is a revival of that concept for the Wii that was like around 2008, 2010-ish in that range. Um, so we have the power pad. And so you can like run on the power pad, step on different spots and things like that, jog. Um, but one thing I was doing in Active Life Explorer is that like if I got really fed up with a game or something and I just wanted to move on, I'd drop my knees on the floor and just slap that pad with my hands. And be like Just to keep like just go, go. Um, you know, just so I don't get frustrated uh, so much, um, especially for many games that I felt like the the messaging of what you should do in them was not particularly clear. And so any kind of advantage I could get on the elements of the game or the mini game that I knew how to actually um, play well um, was was a benefit because there's like certain these time limits you have to fit under. So even if you completely fail a section, there might be like an alternative path out of a section. So you, like that just requires you to slam on that pad as fast as possible. Um, Active Life Outdoor Challenge is actually very good at making sure you are not using your hands. Um, I think what it's doing is it is checking to make sure there's a foot on the pad at all times when you're doing things like jogging, when you're doing things like, you know, stepping around and things like that. However, I think there's a problem with that in terms of responsiveness, because if your foot is not in that right place, um, or, or something, then the game does not really respond to you doing anything. So I'm guessing they went more lax to kind of alleviate that and not be so, you know, sacred about whether or not you use your hands or not. Um, because I think that maybe was just like a, 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 a safety check they did to kind of avoid the hand slapping. Um, and then ultimately it kind of created problems for when you're on your feet. Now I could be wrong about that, but that is just my feeling uh, based off what I was messing around with and, and just kind of playing around with. So, but yeah, it, it's still a fun game and it looks looks neat. You know, it, the mini games are very similar to the ones in Explorer. So, you know, do you need all four active life games? Well, I'll find out and let you know at some point, but I'm going to guess not. <laughs> so, so yeah, but but I was, I was glad we uh, got to play that. So that was all I played this week. Um, I'm just realizing I did not look at news this week. Whoops. <laughs> so um, I'm only going to do the one news story I had put set aside, actually. Um, so if you remember a long time ago, I used to talk pretty frequently about a Square Enix franchise called Millie and Arthur. Um, this was a mobile game on the gotcha fashion with a bunch of uh, King Arthurs that are all you know, there's a million of them, I guess. I don't know how many there were, but but the name is Million Arthur. Um, and it had like a web series that was super fun and, and that I enjoyed quite a bit. 
Um, and there's quite a few games. There's like an action mobile game that came out um, and then also like a VR game. And then there's the fighting game on PC too. Uh, but unfortunately, all the games in that franchise kind of just shut down. You know, at some point, I think the franchise just a lot of, lost its momentum. Um, and that was something I actually kind of figured out on my own on the wiki or on the uh, uh, podcast. I think there's a podcast where I talked about it because nobody was reporting on this franchise dying. And I was like, oh, I'm just seeing this franchise die right in front of me and nobody cares in the Western market, at least. Um, so, so yeah, um, I think I updated the wiki page to, to have all the information about the game shutting down and everything. But uh, Million Arthur came back. I forgot. I read about this, but I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. Um, and there's probably a good reason why, and that it came back as like a, um, I don't know if you call it like a game, but basically it's like digital cards, uh, associated with, um, NFT, which I think is like non-fungible tokens or something like that. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I do not understand NFTs. I don't understand the significance of them in terms of a game space. Maybe someday I will need to understand them, uh, but I have not done the research about them. I, I do know that they are contentious. Uh, I don't want to sit here and say anything about something I don't understand, though. You know, I don't know if people are just, you know, reacting suddenly or if they are are uh, have legitimate concerns. Right. So and 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 while I'm happy to, to hear your 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 thoughts on it um, in the comments, if you want to, um, I will say I'm not really the person to ask about NFTs. I'm just trying to keep my mouth shut about them because I don't understand. And if I want to do the research and figure it out someday, I will. And if it becomes a thing in video games, I will have to at some point. Um, but I was surprised to see that uh, apparently the the digital card experiment they ran with NFTs, which are basically like, again, I don't really understand them, but I guess you could. I think the way I understand it at this point is like basically you're kind of owning or copywriting an image or something like that. So in the case, this, this case is a digital card. So I guess you are the only person who owns that digital card card image. And in my mind, that correlates with like, hey, you have the copyright for the, that card. That's probably not actually 100% accurate there. So don't don't sit there and be like, that's completely wrong, Ben. Uh, that's just my understanding of it. But basically, the, they had ran this experiment. Um, but apparently, it was very successful, and they completely sold out of all their uh, digital cards for Million Arthur. Um, so, you know, what what this means for, for an NFT perspective at Square Enix is a whole other thing. Um, but uh, the, I'm kind of curious what it means for Million Arthur. Is, is Million Arthur literally just like a testbed dead franchise? They're like, why not? You know, there's a, there's a select audience of people who care for this, or if there's is there an actual interest in reviving Million Arthur in some way? Um, I'd be interested in seeing what happens with that. Um, but you know, whether that be NFT based or not, I don't really have any personal race or, or preference on at the moment, other than the fact that I just don't understand NFT, so it's going to be hard for me to really wrap my mind around what's happening here. Uh, again, I don't think it's like a game I, per se. I could be wrong. I think you just own that digital card and then you have it, but. I don't know. Haven't checked it out. So yeah, that is it for for news. Um, in terms of stuff that's been a uh, uh, or the stuff upcoming stuff. So hey, it's November. I'm sorry I didn't post anything the first week of November. That's not because I didn't have anything to post. I just had kind of a rough and tumble landing back here in the in 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 my home. So um, I just wanted things to settle down a little bit before I I, I started really trying to plan things out. So this week. I think I said this week earlier. Last week, I, I, I didn't post anything. Um, this week, of when this podcast is going up, uh, there will be the, the Kikaishi casual review going up on Wednesday. Um, and then the week after that, 
I'll be having a, I have a PCFX English guide coming out. I will say it's Kishin Zenki. So I know for all you PCFX fans out there, Kishin Zenki has been talked about time and time and time again. Um, the thing I wanted to really focus on with that Kishin Zenki video was making sure people understand there's a expanded moveset beyond just the standard attacks. That's something I missed on my first playthrough. That's something I've seen videos of people who have missed on it as well. In the, in the past, so I wanted to kind of emphasize that. Obviously, that's not particularly like a English guide specific thing, um, but I thought it was important to highlight and then also just talk a little bit about the anime uh, the, uh, and how that kind of um, increased my understanding of that world a little bit. Um, nothing too deep, you know, these guide videos aren't really meant to be, you know, huge and substantial. They're mainly just to kind of point you in the direction of how you can get some help and better understanding a game or, or, or getting the most out of a PCFX game. So, um, if you have not played Zenki and you're a PCFX fan, you definitely should. Um, if you want to check out that video and see what's up there, you can. Fortunately, there's no, um, English translation in terms of like a patch for that game at this point. I, I think... I'm not sure if anybody's gone like tr translated the actual dialogue. There's no text either, so you can't use like a camera translation tool. I tried using an audio translation tool and I couldn't get it to work. Um, I think the problem is that all the sound effects and stuff in the background interfere with a lot of it most of the time. So unfortunately, I don't think that was a great fit for that fit for that particular game. Um, maybe in the future, if I find some games that have uh, more voice acting without sound in the back or music in the background. Um, then we can try, I can try that like phone translation or like, uh, audio recording translation again and see if I can do that. Um, ideally in real time that the problem is like, I don't want to just like record something and then kind of like filter it through a thing and like spit it back out. I'm mainly trying to focus on things you can do while playing the game or prepare beforehand, um, like watching the anime or OVA or something like that. So, so that is coming up with that. And then I have a multi-tap podcast coming up after that. That's going to be focused on games for girls. Um, and then I have a, 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 another casual review for a Wii game um, uh, scheduled after that. Um, I will probably be doing a couple more Wii game casual reviews, uh, mainly just to kind of fill space at the moment. Although I'm hoping you guys are enjoying them. They're not just, you know, empty pieces of content, but they definitely are less effort. And then uh, I'll kind of update you guys further on what will be happening after that. Obviously, you know, per usual, my plans of, of featured content has been derailed quite a bit. Um, so I'm trying to re-add those things back onto the track as as, as I can and, and try to get things moving. Um, I know the, the, the featured content takes a lot of work, um, at least the, the, the written stuff that is scripted and recorded and all that stuff. So... Going to try my best to get some stuff out of there. In terms of streams, um, I didn't talk about it last week because I was not here, but we had a Halloween stream where we played Nazuwaku Yakata, um, which I think was like Mysterious Mansion something. I don't remember. But um, anyways, uh, we streamed that. That is a weird game. It's like a sound novel, and it is like... It's entirely like stereo based. And you have to like listen to characters moving around and then you have to like speak into the microphone and say things into it. Sometimes the game doesn't seem to care. Other times the game does seem to care. Um, I really want to play more of that game. I think there will be a casual review of that game if I can sit down and kind of get through it. I think that's a game where I could brute force it if I really needed to based off what I saw on stream. Um, so I do really want to play more of that title. Um, so that is something I'm, I'm going to really try to do. Um, we also started up sort of a Tyria uh, this last week. 
So I've not the, the the Halloween stream was like two weeks ago. Whenever whenever the week before Halloween was when that goes. But uh, we started up sort of a Tyrion. That's a Konami kind of third person action game uh, where you juggle enemies around. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. If you're a fan of like the the 3D Castlevania games on on PS2 and Xbox, um, I definitely would recommend taking a look at that game or watching our stream of it for a little bit. Uh, same composer, Mishiro Yamane. So great music, very much in the PS2 style of Castlevania music, in my opinion. Um, and there's just like a lot of really good character art in that game. There's just a lot of attention to character portraits, the reactions they have to characters. Um, I feel like almost every other like portrait I saw during dialogue was just like a unique frame of, of, of like emotion that a character had, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, and things like that. There's also cat butt. One of the character portraits is just a cat with his butt in the screen. So I was like, all right. Then he had a cat belly button. I was like, oh man. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, that's, that's all, all, all good fun in that. Uh, and one other thing I did want to say potentially is, um, one thing I want to do, I was thinking about this where like, I want to, I've been, I've been struggling with this since like Final Fantasy 15. I, I may have mentioned this before on podcast. I don't remember. It's been too long, um, but, but I've been really wanting to play RPGs since like more frequently. It's been a problem since me with me since Final Fantasy 15. I just have struggled to get through RPGs since then. That is very much correlated with um, the the kind of the the, the re um, focus of mine on putting out content, regular content. Um, it, it, it gets in the way of me playing RPGs. It's the short of it. Um, so I wanted to kind of find a way to to better secure time for those kind of games. Um, so what I think I'm going to try to do going forward is have a day of the week that I dedicate to just playing a single player game, or if it's a multiplayer game, like a non-committal multiplayer game, like a game that I'm not specifically doing with a group of people. I'm just playing on my own or something like that. Um, you know, I, 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 depending on how I feel, I may stream when I do this. It, it is not something that will probably be pre-planned. It will be something that will probably just very much come down to how I feel in the moment. Um, at the moment, the plan is to do this on Fridays. Again, not guaranteeing a stream. It will probably be more likely you will not see a stream. Um, but I may potentially do that. Big reason why I was able to make it so I can record video games while I stream now. And as far as I can tell from the test I did with Sword of Materia, it is working well. Um, so I'm going to continue to do that for now. Um, and so if, again, if I feel like it, I may stream. It may be Fridays. I don't know. Um, it, I'm not going to probably update you guys on what that, that potential day is unless I really set like a hard date again. And I'm like, you might see me on Wednesdays or something like that instead. So... Uh, but yeah, so potentially there will be some bonus streams out there, but again, do not expect them. Just, you know, if you see me streaming on a Friday or something, it's because I just felt like it. Um, so we'll see. Anyways, that's it for this week. Oh, this is pretty long. Um, thanks for coming. OneController.com is the website. Um, and I think that's all I got right now. <laughs> so thank you. And I hope you have a great week. Bye.